Hey friends, Cassie here. Before we get into today's content, please remember to screenshot, share, follow, leave a review, anything to help spread the love and awareness if you want to keep hearing these episodes. You can find me on Instagram at a little piece of heaven. That first E is a three in heaven. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, my friends, and welcome back for a brand new episode. In this episode today, we are going to be talking about kicking the restricting and making peace with your nutrition habits. Nothing you hear in today's episode is a medical claim, medical advice, or anything of that nature. Today, you will be hearing what has worked for me, some advice I have for you starting out in your journey with healthier food relationships. But again, I am not a doctor or a professional in the field of mental health, nutrition, or eating disorders. So take everything I say with a grain of salt, incorporate what you think might work best for you, run whatever by your doctors. But with that being said, let's get into today's episode. This episode is going to be jam-packed with quick tips, advice, and stories on what has helped me through my binge eating recovery journey. Growing up, food was something fun. It was something that my family did together. It tasted good. It brought us closer together. My dad was a well-respected chef in the area, opening for restaurants, and he brought the love of food to the family too. So when my stepmom came into my life a few years later, this is what started to drive the wedge between me and my food relationship. When it came to the relationship with my stepmother, I never felt safe. I never felt respected and I never felt protected as a child. I learned to keep my communication to myself. I kept my head down, you know, don't make a sound, do as you're told, be seen and not heard. For majority of the time that she was in my life, I was reminded how fat I was in her eyes. I was just a body to her. I was a fat Barbie doll for her to control, to manipulate. In elementary school, all she cared about was what other people thought of me, thus creating and really drilling in that same belief system in me. Anything that went against her rules about my body resulted in punishment. If I left my room, I was punished. If I showered when I wasn't told to, I was punished. If I ate when I wasn't supposed to, I was punished. If I dressed how I wasn't, how how she didn't want me to dress, I was punished. In middle school, I started sneaking snacks when my dad and stepmom would leave the house, hoping that they wouldn't notice. I'd start eating handfuls of bags from chips and a few scoops from ice cream and a couple pepperonis from the meat drawer and snack cakes and whatever else I could get my hands on that they wouldn't notice that I had sneaking some out of. I didn't realize it then, but the restriction on what was deemed acceptable while everyone else in the house continued to eat whatever they wanted and had no rules on their body was starting to create a really unhealthy food relationship. At the same time, I was masking early undiagnosed mental health issues with something, with anything that helped make me feel normal, helped me feel pleasure. I was living life so uncontrollably sad, anxious, and scared with no way to cope. Food was my escape. My way to make the world temporarily feel a little less heavy. For a moment in time, it would send me to pure bliss. It was a habit I had control over. It was something in my world that I could manage. But like any other addiction, it was until it wasn't. 
So a few years later, while moving back in with my mother after my father had passed away, the binge eating continued. I didn't think much of it at the time. I was still staying about the same size. I wasn't getting any bigger. I was very active. But somewhere in that back of my mind, I still have the echoes of my stepmom in my head. But for the most part, I was still okay with the skin that I was in, despite everything around me. So when I turned 18, both my parents had officially passed away and my world just kind of flipped upside down. I did not really know how to deal with being completely alone in the world. You know, with parents who came from addiction, I hardly knew what it was like to be a functioning adult. And I was just barely 18, so I had had no experience getting on my own two feet. I only knew the life that I wouldn't accept for myself, which was carrying on the addiction of my parents. But little did I know, my addiction was just going to look a little different from theirs. So after graduating high school, I enrolled in cosmetology school to make something of myself. I was going to school full time while working and trying to maintain my social life and my relationship. I was so fucking busy and drained and fast food was my go-to source. So once or twice a day, I would find myself in a fast food parking lot, grabbing food, sometimes stopping at multiple places along the way and hiding in my parking lot or my boyfriend's driveway before going inside so I could finish all the extra food that I had bought So I was stuffing myself full of these tons of high calorie, no nutrient foods, again, simply to just mask the pain and the overwhelm of what I was going through. And about two to three years after I graduated high school, I had reached my heaviest weight. I was pushing close to 300 pounds. Now guys, I am only five foot one inch tall. So for someone my height, especially It's not necessarily healthy and I know healthy is subjective and I know you can be healthy when you are heavier, but for my body, my height, my goals, I was not healthy. I knew something had to change. I was out of breath all the time. My clothes weren't fitting. I was always sweating. Um, I just wasn't happy. I couldn't see my feet. My knees were hurting standing all day. Like I said, I knew something had to change. So I joined my first network marketing company. You guys know the story on this. If you don't, go ahead and check out my first ever podcast episode to learn a little bit more about me. But I mostly joined to get control back of my habits. And if I could help someone else along the way, I would have been even more excited. However, my focus was on me and my health. In that time, I learned a lot about what helps, but I also learned a whole hell of a lot about what makes me feel even more restricted and that leads to binging. So in that time, I left the company to pursue my current network marketing career because the environment I was in was very toxic for my recovery. I felt like I was in constant comparison mode and I felt like I was just being shamed for not being able to stick to my habits and not being good at the business because I wasn't seeing results because I was sabotaging myself. And I felt that toxicity within the community because I wasn't living up to their standards. So I had to jump ship. A few months later, I got a shocking wake-up call that I was at risk of some abnormal cervical cells turning cancerous. So at the time, the doctor solely guided me in the direction to lose weight to solve all my issues. They didn't, you know, try to dig any deeper. They just blamed it on my weight, even though at the time I was on my birth control and many other things that play a huge role in your body. You guys, birth control is cancerous. It can be cancerous. So it's kind of a double, double edged sword there. So 
Um, at that time, I accepted that my weight was the issue. I agreed that if I lost weight, of course, my body would heal itself. Uh, I had it in my head that my weight was the only thing holding me back from health. So I got serious about learning more about my nutrition, keeping my habits. But what I was really ignoring deep down was my mindset and dealing with the emotions and the trauma. So now that you know a little bit about how my story started, I want to take you through some of the things I've learned along the way or adopted as a new belief to help guide me. These are not in specific order. I just jotted some down to bust through them quickly. So take what you think will work for you. Save this podcast for later to keep coming back to to try new things because that brings me to point number one. So number one, do not try to overthrow your entire existence in one day to adopt a brand new lifestyle. If you try to change everything at once, my friend, about the way you live your life, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to resort back to everything you've always done. It's going to be too much for you. You've got to pick one or two new habits that you want to master at a time and repeat. Getting healthy is not a quick fix. There are amazing supplements out there, amazing nutrition plans, amazing workout plans, but a true healthy lifestyle change is not going to be a quick fix. This is something that you are going to have to work towards sometimes over years, over the span of years to cure these habits, cure these mindset, beliefs, behaviors, um, and truly reap the benefits consistently and forever. Some things can help you get a temporary fix, but they may not be a forever thing. So pick one to two new habits that you are committed to mastering and committed to making an impact in your life with, and then repeat as necessary. Number two, when it comes to the foods you love, take on the new mindset of delay, not deny. When you start to deny yourself food, your brain wants it even more. It starts to obsess over this thing it can't have. It becomes that much more desirable. You crave it because you told yourself that you can't have it. So when you delay instead of deny, you are allowing yourself to have it still. Just maybe later, maybe now, you recognize and bring awareness to this habit, this feeling that you want this food. You take a moment to ponder if it's necessary to have this food or to never have this food. If the answer is no, you never need this food, then you're free to delay it. Or if you really want it in the moment, go ahead. The point is to not deny yourself. So in the moment, ask yourself, do I know what this food tastes like? Will I have a chance to ever try this food again? How will this fulfill me? Asking those three questions is going to really help you tune in to if this food is necessary now or ever, and if you'll ever be able to have this again, helps you decide if it's something that you can delay as well. So number three, normalize your binge foods. Eat them often. I know, I know, eat them often. Make them a part of your life. Most junk food, you're already getting carbs and fat, so you just want to balance it out if you're absolutely going to continue to have these binge foods. You want to add the protein in. Make sure most of your meals, your snacks, are all hitting your carbs, your fats, and your proteins. If it's something you really love and you feel yourself wanting often, find a place for it. 
Do not restrict yourself from having it. Again, you will feel like you are denying it and it will cause a binge episode. All the same, know when you've had enough to taste it and appreciate it and be mindful of the food you just ate. And do not keep consuming beyond the point past where you are starting to feel sick or you no longer need to taste it anymore. You know what it tastes like. You feel satisfied. Really tune into your body satisfaction and put it away for later, knowing you can always come back to it again without eating the whole thing. It is still there for you. Drink a little water with it. Try to keep your water in eyesight at all times because what's out of sight is typically out of mind. So you want that water in eyesight as well to help cue those full um, signs, those signals that our body gives us. Number four, be mindful when eating. If you have followed me for a while, I like to teach you to be as mindful and as present as possible. That simply means being aware of your existence, your thoughts, your being, your senses, and so on. So when you are eating, especially during a binge episode, we often tune out what we're feeling and we become consumed with numbing that um, deep desire, that deep feeling that we have within, and we want food to cure that for us. So you have to slow down and ask yourself, what does this food taste like that I am eating? What does it smell like? How does this food make me feel? Does my body feel good after I've eaten this? Take some time to count your bites. Doing all of these will help you become more in tune and aware of your body, your eating habits, and the food you are putting in your body. Nothing is truly good or bad. It's just, does this support my body and the goals that I have for myself? Getting mindful on this habit requires us to step outside of our brain and get into a deeper knowing within ourselves, our soul, which can also be said as your heart or your gut. That is genuinely what guides us through our life. We are told to deny our gut instinct, to not listen to it. It's not rational. Listen to your brain. However, our brain is programmed to be complacent, to do what we're told. Your gut tells you what is best for you. So we are programmed to eat the foods we're told to eat and not question it. To learn the things we're supposed to learn and not question it. To act a certain way and not question it. And by doing so, you're ignoring your deep calling that your body is always guiding you towards. And this applies even in your nutrition. Your body is always guiding you in what it craves. So you have to listen in. So that brings me to number five, because however, your first challenge in becoming mindful is going to have to be conquering the dopamine troll that we all have. At first, getting into your intuition and listening to your body will be hard. Our brains want the dopamine, the feel-good chemicals that make us desire things, and we get that from the foods that taste good, even if they don't make us feel good. We are wired to want more and more and more of that feel-good feeling. It's what keeps us moving and motivated in all of life. Eating your vegetables does not give you the same rush as eating a piece of cake, right? So at first, you'll be run by your brain and its natural ability to focus on giving you a pleasurable life, no matter the consequences. In addiction, you can know what you're doing is bad, but that doesn't always stop you. 
You won't be perfect. You will chase that dopamine and almost everything releases dopamine. Later, we'll give you a habit to hopefully replace this habit with a new good dopamine producing habit. But I guarantee you, once you stop feeding into the nonstop dopamine fix your brain is searching for, you'll start to be able to listen to your body and soul and your gut. Your brain wants you to have pleasure. Your gut wants you to feel your very best. So I guarantee once you stop feeding into that, like I said, you'll start listening into your body. So does cake make you feel good in the moment? Oh, hell yeah. But will it later? I'm going to guess it does nothing for you. Same with fast food. Is it tasty right now? Of course. But when you're shitting your brains out later with a horrible stomach ache, is your gut really thinking that that was worth it? I'm going to guess no. Your body does not agree. No matter if your brain just said, meh, I don't care. Your gut is the center of your mental and physical health. Your brain is simply programmed to keep you safe, to keep you comfortable. Your body does not like change. Naturally, we try to remain in homeostasis. When we're cold, our body shivers to keep us warm. When we are warm, our body sweats to keep us cool. If you don't drink often, you will feel alcohol a lot quicker than someone who does drink often who will need a lot more. Homeostasis likes to regulate our body. So all the same, when you continue to give it that excess dopamine time and time again, it down-regulates your dopamine receptors. You build up a dopamine tolerance, making it even harder yet more necessary to get your fix in. You start looking at your food as something boring or not fun, so your brain tells you it's bad compared to the other foods that are producing dopamine, the food that makes you comfortable. Without it, we don't want to do anything or we simply don't care. So, with that, we have to change the story and go on a dopamine detox, which again, we will talk about later. Number six, we all know that water is important. It keeps us hydrated, our skin soft, our bowels regular, and our body full for longer. We need anywhere from a half to two thirds of our body weight in ounces of water a day. Our bodies crave that water, and we often ignore the cues. We think it's just hunger, or we feed it with an iced coffee instead. Every day, we're making unconscious decisions that need to be brought to our conscious. Is your body really craving that extra large coffee with three extra shots of flavoring and extra sugar and extra cream and extra whipped cream and extra chocolate syrup drizzle on top and chocolate shavings? I doubt it. Is that one pound cinnamon roll with extra drizzle really going to fuel your body? It probably tastes good as hell and there's no reason you can't have it sometimes, but daily ask yourself, is it worth it for your gut? Am I really hungry? Am I still hungry after I've drank some water? And am I truly hungry for this food? Or is there a negative motion I'm feeling somewhere that I'm just trying to mask? Once you've moved through this process, then you can decide if the food is worth it to you in the moment without guilt, with full responsibility for knowing your consequences, good or bad, for putting this food into your body. 
Number seven, find exercise that does not feel like exercise. And this is going to be your dopamine replacement. I know this doesn't sound like it's something that has anything to do with your nutrition, but surely it does. Like I've said, when you've stopped feeding into the dopamine of your binge eating, it's likely you'll want to replace your habit with something else that provides you that hit. So working out is a good place to start. Obviously, you want to get a good workout in, but don't focus so much on lifting the heaviest weight or running the fastest mile. At first, when it's not part of your normal routine, it probably does not feel fun, and then you're not going to stick with it if you are just trying to be the best there is. Instead, create a game with yourself, little competitions for you and only yourself. Can you run your mile 30 seconds faster than the last time? Can you get in an extra one or two reps since your last visit? Repeat positive affirmations to yourself while you are working out to remind you why your goals matter and how capable you are and how amazing your body is and how strong you are and all that you have been through and how beautiful your body is for carrying you and allowing you this movement. Choose a dance workout or a light yoga to tap into your feminine energy. Whatever you do, make working out something you do to honor the body that supports you and to not punish it for not being where your ideal body might be. Number eight, don't define yourself by your physical body. I know this is so easier said than done, but babe, I need you to see yourself for more than the number on the scale and the body you're in. Numbers matter in goals, but they are not what you are defined by in this life. At the end of the day, you'll be remembered for the person you were and not the body that you went through this life with. So remember that you have so much to offer in this world beyond some number on the scale. Number nine, if you are a volume eater, I want to remind you that you don't have to stop being a volume eater. In fact, I want you to embrace the volume eating. Most of us are not eating nearly enough calories for our body, despite what random calorie calculators say on the internet or health gurus say on Instagram, most of us are not eating nearly enough calories or enough healthy calories in portion with the other numbers that we should be hitting. However, volume eating vegetables can help you feel like you're eating more with the same amount of calories as say like a small bag of chips it's more healthy for you and you're eating more of it. So you're going to feel like you're eating more. You're going to feel more full. And things like salad dressing and dip are not your enemy. I don't care what anyone tells you. They are not your enemy. If anything helps you to eat more vegetables or eat something more healthy, how can it be bad? Just be mindful of the serving sizes of the things you're eating, like the dressings. I like to add a little water to mine to help it appear as there's more there, to spread it out further without extra calories, carbs, or whatever. So that is my little trick for my people who love to eat for volume. Number 10, guys, stop running away from your feelings. You have to feel your feelings, the trauma, even the uncomfortable ones, or your body is going to resort to drastic measures to fix the problem and feel good in different ways. When we ignore our past or current, that is influencing the way we act in our lives. We create a hole in ourselves, a literal hole in our soul to be filled with something more positive, which will just be the food or whatever dopamine you choose to shove in there at the time, 
which is only slapping a band-aid on the problem rather than releasing that negativity out of our bodies to not create the hole in our soul to begin with. Make a practice of journaling. Find someone you can confide in or seek help from a therapist to really help you understand what is going on with your emotions and how they influence your day-to-day living and especially your eating habits. Number 11, make eating fun again. Like I said in number nine, you do not have to get rid of the foods that make you happy or the ones that you find yourself binging on most often. Find ways to incorporate them or make them even healthier yet. For example, if you absolutely love tacos, mix in some cooked cauliflower rice with your taco meat, and then that's a great way to get an extra serving of veggies and nutrients in your meal, while also giving you more food to fuel your body, leaving you more full at the end of the meal. Another example being mashing both turnips and potatoes together instead of just the potatoes to create your mashed potatoes. You're getting an extra veggie, extra nutrients, and helping keep you full. Another example is trying a chocolate protein shake with some extra veggies or, um, you know, extra supplements, something like that to help curb your sweet tooth. There are tons of ways to make eating fun or, you know, lower calorie, low carb versions of your favorite foods that you love. Just Google low cal, low carb versions, one or the other of your favorite dinner dish and see what comes up. Start exploring, create new recipes. And number 12, I saved this one for last because it can be kind of controversial, but what has helped me in my journey is weighing myself every single day. I know some people just went, oh, no, 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 not for me. I know, I know, I know, I know. Some people create an unhealthy relationship with the scale and they begin to obsess over that number that they see. If this is you, I do not recommend that you do weigh yourself every day. If you are not ready to heal that scale relationship just yet and you want to start with the food relationship. But for me, who doesn't necessarily look too much into the weight, but more so how I feel in my body. I'm okay with looking at the scale every single day as a tool. And I don't want you to look at, you know, the decimals. Pay less attention to the decimal numbers. This can be an amazing tool for you to see what foods and habits are causing an extreme fluctuation in your body. So pay attention to the whole numbers over the span of the week See what your average kind of is, and that's going to be what your true weight is, that average of the week, and see how you would like to change your habits in the week moving forward based on keeping that journal of what you have, you know, consumed, done over the week. We'll talk about more in the assignment section what I mean by journaling, but like I said, pay attention more so to your week's average by weighing yourself every day alongside the assignment tasks that I will have for you. This is going to help you to create a brand new awareness around what your body enjoys, what it dislikes, what makes it feel good, what makes it feel bloated, what makes you constipated, what helps you with weight release, and so on. So you guys, those were my 12 top tips for getting back into a healthy relationship with your food, kicking the restriction, and most importantly, finding food freedom. So 
if you are ready for a little assignment, I have one for you here. As always with all of my podcast episodes, I know this one's a little bit longer, guys. So for those that stuck around, you are so appreciated. Let's go into the assignments on how you can take this lesson and turn it up another notch to really kick the restriction in your life. Number one, I want you to keep track of the foods you are eating. I'm not asking you to count calories, I'm not asking you to count carbs, fats, any of that, unless that's something you already do and you enjoy it and it's not harmful to you in any way. But for now, I just want you to be mindful of what you are eating. We're just becoming aware of our patterns. Simply write them down without shame. Begin to notice the patterns in your habits and their effects. In my food log, I like to track breakfast, lunch, dinner, any snacks I've had throughout the day, water, my weight in the morning, my mood throughout the day, if I went to the bathroom in the morning, if I worked out, and how much sleep I got the night before. All of those things together can impact your health. So by paying attention to all of them, you are simply, again, just becoming aware of your presence, your feelings, what is contributing to the way you are acting throughout the day. So again, what I keep track of is my food, my water, my weight, my mood, if I went to the bathroom, if I worked out, and how much I slept. I encourage you to keep a record of the same. Not calories, not carbs, not numbers. Just simply become aware of the life that you are living and how it is adding up to or against the goals that you have for yourself. Your second part of the assignment, whatever foods you find yourself binging on, don't eliminate them. I want you to eat it every single day for a month, okay? Every single day for a month straight to normalize this food in your lifestyle. Of course, pay attention. I want you to start paying attention to the portion size or what feels good for your body. Start with the portion size. If you want more later, you can have it with a different meal. The point is to not demonize the food, but to normalize it, knowing that you can always come back to it later. Make the craving your bitch. <laughs> Stop letting the craving control you. Once the month or so or however long you choose is over, you will see again that you can always come back to this food and have more of it when you want it. But you don't have to binge at it in the moment. It's always going to be there. It's a normal part of your routine. It isn't something taboo or something you're not supposed to have. It's normal and it's acceptable for you to have whatever you want, just in the smaller portions. But it is accessible whenever you'd like it. So once you've started tracking, once you've gotten your one food that you're going to normalize in your life, next, your third step in the assignment is to make a list of all the reasons that you are valuable, all the reasons you are worthy, all the reasons you are successful, all the reasons you are loved, and whatever else you can think of, all the reasons that you are better, more than this disorder that are not based in your physical appearance. I want you to breathe life and breathe um, appreciation into yourself for what you bring to the table that goes beyond the weight that you carry or the body that you hold. 
I want you to see yourself for who you are on the inside. So those are your assignments for today. My 12 tips for kicking the restrict and helping you through your binge eating disorder. So again, I hope this helped somebody. Thank you so much for tuning in. This was a little about my story my tips, my success in my journey. And I hope that this can help reach someone as well. Hey guys, Cassie here. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard today and want to hear more from me in the future, be sure to share this with your friends, tag me on social media in your stories and leave a good review anywhere that it is available to you. I am so grateful for you all and I will see you in the next episode.